It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Total Steamers Podcast. My name is Sam. Today I'm joined by Craig. Say hello, Craig. Hello. Uh, we're also joined by Paul. Say hello, Paul. Hi, how's it going? And we're also joined by Billy, and I'm going to bone it pick with Billy. I was saying right before we started here, I haven't seen Billy on this podcast for a long old while, and that's because Villa hasn't won in a long... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stevie Gerrard did start winning again. Stevie Gerrard's clapping You know, he's, he's Christmas background. Fair for, for you visual viewers, but uh, yeah, we are back, boys. We had a wee week off because it was international football, and we didn't want to talk about it because it was pants. <laughs> <laughs> it was absolutely pants, but here we go. We've got Premier League football back. Uh, we've got two Liverpool fans. We've got an Arsenal fan on as well, and Craig, uh, who ha- who played each other at the weekend in uh, Anfield, and it didn't go Arsenal's way. But w- did you expect Arsenal to get anything this week, Craig? Of course not. Of course no. not. We- absolutely not. All I wanted, I mean, all I wanted was a performance and I didn't even get that. I don't mind if Arsenal lose 10-0. If, if they've put in a performance and they leave it all on the pitch, then I've got no problem. And I've always been like that. I've always been like that with teams I've coached. I've always been like that with teams I've played in. If you go out and play football and leave everything on the pitch and you've done your best 110% and you still get beat, then you've got beat by the you've got beaten by the better team. I mean, it was a slow enough start, wasn't it? And then... We had a couple of, you know, a couple of half chances there, and I was, you know, I was, ooh, can we nick one here, like, you know? But look, when you're playing against a team like Liverpool at Anfield, and people are saying to me, oh, but Brighton went there and 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 got a, and um, got a result, you know, such and such went there and got a result. That's because they actually put a shift in. They actually wanted to do something. They actually wanted to try and get something out of the game. Everything turned on its head after Arteta had to go at Jurgen Klopp. I think that was his reason. critical mistake because the game seemed to be on a bit of a, a bit of a knife edge by yeah. then. I mean, I think Liverpool yeah, I mean, were edging it, was... it, but just not by not by a whole yeah. whole lot. But as soon as when it, as soon as that confrontation happened and a crowd was it, lifted, it seemed you know, that that was that was a, there was a, a change in tempo. There was a change in the direction of the flow that the game. Well, it got the crowd up, didn't it? So it got it, yeah. it got it got the crowd up. Anfield was pretty quiet up till then. 
you know, Arsenal were doing a good job. They were keeping the crowd quiet. They were playing some nice football. And up until that that time, which I don't, and I don't even know, and as an Arsenal fan, I sit here and say, I don't even know why Arteta, what, what he was complaining about. Now you see mm. it. Perhaps when you see it in real time, in from his from his angle, he 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 felt that Mane had elbowed uh, Tommy there. But you look at there was nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with whatsoever. Especially yeah, I, I, you know, I, it's a contact sport. This is this is this is a game of football. All right, he went up with his elbow, but there was no there was no intention to elbow him. Do you know? Um, and then of course you go and you go and score, and then that's why I sat back, reclined the chair, and went oh. Here we go. Um, nice little fact for you. Since we beat you at Anfield um, in 2012, I'll give you a guess. What do you have any aggregate score is since then? Ooh, right. Um, oof, there's a lot of go- there's always a lot of goals in the Arsenal Liverpool fact. Yeah, thirty nine five. Not for us right. though. So there's a clue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say right since 2006. Right, I'm going to say 2012. Last 2012. time we beat you at Anfield was 2012. 2012, so, right? So ten years. So I'm going to say this: the score will be oh. 35, 15. <laughs> you know I'll, what? I'll go you, I can't believe. 42-7. All right, yeah. yeah. Oh, what are you saying? I was saying 39-5. Simo, you are so close. The aggregate score is 37-15. Oh, come on, boys! Come yeah. on, that's not far off. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the aggregate score. Um, do you know, when you've got Salah in the box, I think he had 15 or 16 touches the whole game in our box. Like, how can anyone expect to beat Liverpool when you've got Salah in your in, in your box having 15 mm-hmm. touches? You've got Van Dijk. Our, I think our highest passer um, was uh, Trevarez, passed the ball 40, passed, forward passed the ball 48 times. And he was, um, he was a player of Arsenal who made the most passes. Virgil van Dijk made 70 more. <sighs> So, I mean, you've got people. The only thing that upset me about that result is these Arsenal fans that are now back on the bandwagon. They've been they've been waiting for nine, ten games so they can all come out. Ah, oh, tear out, tear out, tear out. <laughs> fancy, like, fancy calling for the manager's head after a ten-game unbeaten run and getting beaten by the best, one of the best the, teams in Europe. Yeah, the, the, Liverpool are still within definitely that sort of the top bracket of, of world football. Of course um, they are. Liverpool are one of the best teams in Europe right now. They're, you, they're managed by one of the best managers in the world. They've got some of the greatest players in Europe, if not the world. Yeah, I am not going to... This this result, James, will not affect my outlook on what's going to happen at Arsenal this season. This guy, We'll look back at this game and go, oh, yeah, we got, we got beaten. We got spanked 4-0 by Liverpool. Very We're not... Very we are nowhere near Manchester City, Chelsea, Liverpool... Um, there's probably a couple more. We're nowhere near. We are where we are because because of who we are and because of who we've got on the pitch. When I read out well, those stats to you, what do you expect? I still think there's been progress at Arsenal. I want to come to Paul. Paul, we had a little bit of shaky form, not massively ter- terrible form at Liverpool. There was a problem. There was a couple of draws where we probably should have got the three points. Um, we obviously, you know, Brighton was one of those, um, and yeah. you know, it's where we sort of lost the battle in midfield, but it's. As a top team, I, I always kind of expected us to come back and, and put in a performance against Arsenal. It wasn't one I was particularly worried about, and that's no respect for us, because I know they've actually been picking up form, they've been making progress as a team in gelling. But what, what were your thoughts on it, Paul? Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think Liverpool at the moment, they're not they're not like guaranteed to win, I think. They're, like, they'll are like score a lot of goals, but they can go 2-0 up like they showed against Brighton and get clawed back. And I think they went 2-0 up against Atletico, and it came back to a draw. So they definitely... 
ship a lot of goals. And I think even like they went 2-0 up against Arsenal and Arsenal kind of, I wouldn't say they gave up, but and it felt like the game was over then. I would. But yeah, I think it was a great result for Liverpool, but it's just one of those things. I was going into the game going, this could be 4-0 Liverpool, but it could also be like 2-1 or whatever. Um, I think at the moment, just the games are guaranteed goals. And yeah, to Craig's point, sounds like a very sensible Arsenal fan, but like it doesn't matter whether it's 4-0 or 1-0 really. Like it's not the end of the world. Liverpool can put four past City. They do that at Anfield. It's hard every for few like, seasons. Like, see so these teams that operate outside, like the, the top five. I would sort of say like Liverpool operating within that that bracket, like the top five teams in the world for the past sort of like three years now. So, but I think when other teams test themselves again, that you can have a one-off day when you do a really good performance against them. But like if you if you get beat by them, I don't think it's a great measure of where you're at right now because that's you know it's ninety nine percent of ninety nine point nine percent of teams in the world get beat by them. I think. The true marker of Arsenal's progress is the progress that's been made in the last sort of nine to ten games, where uh, they have been playing good sides, and because every side this season, and I truly believe this, that every side in the in the Premier League this season is a good side, um, and probably in another season, on a weaker season, every team would stay up. Um, I just think this is a particularly competitive season, just coming off the back of COVID, where there's been a lot of business done, a lot. Of, you know, this this is why we're seeing coaches sacked because it is just that tight this season you know six managers gone this season already but I think the main marker when you look at this game I'm looking at stats to my left here right now and, and the the performances from the from the wide players Smith Rowe Tavares Saka and Tomiyasu they were, they were absolutely obliterated by the, the wide players See, the only players that actually really made any sort of influence in this match, match in an Arsenal shirt was Lacazette who I think it's been quite interesting that he's adapting that, tw- that 10 role as well as he is I always seen him as a sort of fox in the box sort of striker, but he has actually got a lot more to his game than than I thought he did in Thomas Party. Craig, do you th- do you see that as a? Because I know there's been a lot of talk about whether Aubameyang should start the next match for Arsenal and whether Martinelli or Pepe come in. Um, I I, I think Aubameyang's downfall was when he got given the armband. He's he's no captain. He's no leader, and that's been proven um, time and time and time again. Uh, where I didn't hear him, I didn't see him against he's Liverpool. Not that kind and of vocal captain, you know. Nah, he's not going to nah, really nah, like this, this. This man's supposed to be the man who's supposed to get everyone g'd up, you know, mm-hmm. to go out onto a football pitch. Aubameyang is a class player. Aubameyang is a, a class class goal scorer, but he a captain. He is not. Um, so, do I think he should start? Yes, I do. Do I think he should be captain? No, I don't. Um, I can't mm. believe we've got players like Kieran Tierney. I can't believe we've got players like um, you, you could you could even give Ramsdale a shout. You could give Thomas Partey a shout. You could give Lacazette a shout because he's the only you know. Sometimes he's the only one who looks like he, he knows what he wants to do. Um, so for me, yeah, Aubameyang has to have that ban taken off him. The thing with Thomas Partey is at the moment, I think, is that Thomas Partey needs a partner, and we haven't done. We haven't found that partner yet for him. I was very disappointed that Maitland-Niles wasn't didn't start um, against Liverpool. I thought, I thought he deserved to start. I thought he played really well the other week. A more defensive free and midfield. Yeah, yeah. And then to... I'm a bit, and I was a bit disappointed he didn't go for Kieran Tierney as well. I mean, we needed a bit of experience in there. Like you said, those stats don't lie. We got you know done us down the wings. I think we've got, you know Kieran Tierney. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps even Maitland-Niles at right back. Um, we might have done a little bit better, but. You know, we can, you know, I can sit here and talk about it, um, how bad we were. Um, were we that bad? I, I don't know. Was it Liverpool were just that good? I, I think it's more I think it's more that, to be honest. I think it's more that it's difficult Liverpool. day for any team. 
Yeah, he's really, and I look at Tommy I mean, Yasu, and he had a he had a real, real difficult time against Sadio hmm. Mane, as all sort of fullbacks yeah. do when they come up. I mean, up, no, up no, against you've got to remember, this kid, he he's, come, he's, he's come young. from the, he's you know, come from he? Serie A. Is he come from Udine- Did he come from Udinese? I think it was. Didn't he? I mean, <laughs> imagine one week you're playing in Serie A for Udinese, and then all of a sudden you're in the Premier League at Anfield trying to mark Sadio Mane. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. Do you know, let's give the kid a bit of let's give the kid a bit of uh, um, a bit of slack here. Do you know what I mean? Um, and, but I have great hope for him. Um, I, I think he's going to turn out really well. We've got to stop relying on Saka and Smith Rowe. Um, we're going to have them burnt out by the time they're twenty-five, um, or they'll have enough of it and they'll get they'll 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 move on. Um, but yeah, losing to Liverpool four 0 Did I expect us to to get a win? No. Did I expect us to lose by more than three? Yes. Um, I think the the real measure of will be how Arsenal react to this is how we can... Exactly. Newcastle now next. True. <laughs> you know, they're on a manager bounce. Um, it's a difficult one. Do, they, they've done all right the weekend. Uh, but, you know, like I, I like it when people call me a sensible Arsenal fan because I've been watching full, uh, you know, I've been watching football long enough now to know that the team I support hasn't got no God-given right to beat anyone. They've mm-hmm. got to do it. They've got to do it themselves. All right. And people are having a go at Mikhail Arteta all, you know, all since the weekend. Mikhail Arteta can take, Mikhail Arteta can do so much, but the players have got to take responsibility for a performance like that, especially so. away at Anfield. All those fans that travelled up to Liverpool, those players have got to take some responsibility for that performance. Absolutely. Speaking of new manager bounces, there's a, there's a new manager in town at the Villa. Isn't there Steven Gerrard? Uh, managed his first um, Premier League game. Um, Billy, he's got the win over a difficult Brighton side. He's outran Brighton, outpressed Brighton, um, which is a difficult task to do as they, as they are a, a, a hard-running side. Uh, are you buzzing to finally go over the line and get, get a win? I mean, I think how would it be five, in a, five or six without a win? It's been uh, five losses on the bounce. Mm. Dean Smith obviously had to go. We've spoken about that already on the podcast. Um but yeah, it was just so good to get a win over such a good Brighton side as well. They don't get nearly enough credit as they should. Granted, they also haven't won in a very long time, but they, they'd only lost two games before playing us. So I'm just over the moon that we were their third loss of the season. Um, and yeah, they did dominate the game for large parts of it. However, Steven Gerrard's tactics and the substitutions he made were perfect at the right time. And that is ultimately what won us the game. Ashley Young coming on and at the grand old age of 36, being able to change a game in the Premier League. is To have a player like that being able to come on and being able to change a game is massive for us. And it was just so good to finally... Like I say, just get that win over the line. Billy, I want to ask you something. Matt Target was really struggling in, no, in those five mm-hmm. losses, uh, wasn't he? Um, but he just missed out in man of the match in this match. Um, so it's a huge bounce for him. Obviously, there's a new manager coming in. He, he wants to impress, I think. And he was he was the subject of quite a lot of criticism online. Quite a lot of people, and even yourself, said that Matty Target would probably yeah. need to move on because he wasn't good enough. But I remember Matty Target... Last season was actually one of the, the brighter spots at Aston Villa. And he's obviously put enough performance here against a difficult side. Do you see him nailing down that left-back spot? I'm, I'm not too sure. He had a fantastic game against Brighton. Looked back like himself from last season. I think he was 
I can't remember whether he was player of the season or players player of the season, but it was certainly very close between him and Martinez anyway. And um, yeah, it was just watching the Matty target of last season. And I think 12 games in, it was, he was due that performance again. Hopefully he can go on and like you say, solidify that position for, for him um, without us having to invest in the transfer market. Although I don't think he's a Steven Gerrard fullback. He's he's just not quick enough. Although he's got a very good delivery on him when he wants to, he's just too slow to be the modern day fullback, I think, at the minute. Just really unfortunate because, like I say, he's, he is a fantastic player. And I do hope that he can turn himself back into the player of last season. But I just don't know whether it's going to happen. And I, there's already been rumours of a new left-back coming in. I can't remember his name. He's playing for Stuttgart Sosa, I, I think. Don't quote me on that. Um, he's supposed to be rapid. So, and apparently, apparently we're the, if you believe the rumours, we're willing to pay up to £25 million for him. So, to have someone like Target on the bench and in the squad being able to come in should Sosa or whatever come in and then get an injury, it's obviously a massive thing. You need a squad nowadays instead of just a good starting eleven. Um, yeah, to answer your question, do I think he could make that his his spot again? I'm really not sure. I really don't know. I just hope that he can until we need a replacement. If you know what I'm trying to say, mm, remains to be seen. Then, um, Paul, this is a this is a rare hiccup for Brighton as they as they pursue the league title. <laughs> <laughs> Um, really good on for them in this match. I think I don't know. It, I guess they did a lot think, right. They did the yeah, majority did. of it right, and then fell short in the last yeah, sort of five had, had minutes of the match. Well. <laughs> yeah, and like Watkins just took the chance at the right time. Like Brighton had their chances, and then I saw like uh, when Watkins scored. Yeah, like Duffy in defence, just like <laughs> immediately went onto his knees and pounded the ground like fuck's sake like we've done so much in this game and now we've just lost it in whatever the 85th minute but yeah I don't, like I think it was just a, one of those where like a moment of class settles the game basically and then the second goal game was over but yeah it was just very unlucky um, I think from Villa's perspective they had a lot going for them like Gerard having his first game and, the, and it being at home as well mm-hmm. so it's kind of written in the stars a little bit but um, yeah I think Villa did well and I was just thinking about it there like during January when they are trying to sign players, I think players who who might have gone to Newcastle with all their new money would actually come to Villa if they were going for the same player. Whereas before, you would have just followed the money. But like players want to play for Jared, especially since he's not retired that long. Like the younger players will mm. know him as a player still. So it'll be interesting to see what, uh, what types of players he can bring in. Because I think he'll bring in bigger players than Villa would have expected otherwise. I think so as well, and then, and it's it's uh, it's not just a big name that comes in, and it's 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 on the name. I mean, he did he did. Is, I know Scotland's a different league in that, but he actually did deliver what he was setting it sent it to stop ten in a row. He delivered it. Um, I'll be interested to see if he actually takes any players from Rangers and brings them in to this yeah. Villa side because I actually think there's a couple of players in that Rangers side that could maybe take a step up to the Premier League. Joe Rebo being one, maybe Glenn Kamara. Even a left back, Borna Barisic is actually a pretty decent when left back when he's fit and um, struggles to stay fit. A bit of a key on TNA around him. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe Alfredo Barelos as well, who'll be 
Maybe on a suspension every week or so before. Be <laughs> <laughs> um, but it'll be. I think it'll be really interesting to see how Gerard does this week. I think it was right to refer back to the sort of four-three-three of sort of like Dean Smith that tried out in in, in last season. Um, I think that worked really well. Um, and I think they got they got they, they frustrated Brighton. You know, they defended fairly well. Um, they they didn't lose the battle in midfield either. Like judging by the stats there, so even when you're against Basuma, not. Not many midfielders. Oh, he can, was he was so frustrated. To yeah, not many midfielders can have a good day against against Basuma. Um, mm-hmm. Lars are linked to Arsenal. Would you would you take him at Arsenal, Craig? I think he was linked in the um, the summer window there and never quite got over the line. Uh, look, I would have done before. I, I, I would have done before we signed Lukonga and. Um, uh, would I have taken? Yeah, of course I would. Yeah, of course I would have done. I mean, I would have taken Brendier as well. You know, they, they were. At, at the time, you know, Arsenal fans are crying out for, you know, these 50, 60, 70 million pound players to come in, but that's not I where we're at. I think you'd have to pay that to get Basuma. Yeah, well, because yeah. Because he is weak, he's weak, he's weak and yeah. he's Premier League. I think once players are established in the Premier League, you know, they, they, they've proven they can do the business in the Premier League, then their price tag automatically gets sort of 30, 30 million, 40 million. We're, we're never going to pay that money for a player. We're, 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 you know, very rarely. Very, not I mean, in one sum. Got, I think it's still paying off Pepe. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that, that should be a warning to anyone. You know, we've had our pants pulled down over Pepe. Um, how that deal happened, um, I'm not too sure. And then, of course, Mr. Sonelli, um is uh, let go. So I think we can all, uh, I think we could all put um, to our minds what happened there. Yeah, of course, I would have taken him. Um, I would have taken Brendier at the time as well. Because, like I said, I, I, I'm not a football fan that's going chasing the, the big money signings. I'm a football fan that will chase players that will um, improve your team. Do you know? So they, those two players that were named there, Brendier and um, uh, Basuma, would have would have improved Arsenal's midfield, of course. So, yeah, I would have taken them. Um, I would have taken them and been a shot, yeah. I think that uh, you just talking about Rangers there, I think it's very important that um, he doesn't start bringing down all these players um, from Scotland because that's not going to work. There's a massive gulf, um, a massive, uh, no disrespect to the Scottish League now, but there's a massive gulf in class between the, the, the Scottish Premier League and the Premier League. Well, young now. Edward's impressing. Yeah, well, there's some, there's some, there's some, there's some exceptions. Um, he's one of them. I take him now. I I I bring him down absolutely. But you can't start bringing down people like Morelos and and you know and and, and some of the other players they've got. <laughs> Villa, you know Villa now have got a good manager in Steven Gerrard um, with plenty of money as well. <laughs> yeah, with plenty of money, they've got to start getting. You know, if they if they're serious, they've got to start. Um, getting some quality and now I, I I enjoy I really enjoyed the game um, Villa and Brighton end to end could have gone either way I mean Martinez there has pulled off some superb saves so was the other goalkeeper I think it was his debut wasn't it um, yeah it was his Premier League older, debut 31 yeah. Um, mm-hmm. pulled off some pulled off some marvellous saves as well gets beaten like Paul said that's had a, a good game of, didn't it is that a great game yeah, yeah, a really good game yeah gets beaten by a like Paul said gets beaten by a, a, a moment of you know of class Beautiful finish, and then I'm very unlucky for the yeah. second. Um, I think my jury's still out um, on on Aston Villa. Big manager bounce at home, big crowd, um, good, uh, an okay performance, Billy. I, I, you know, I, yeah, it was an okay performance. They got, they got the job done, and 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 like Stephen Gerrard said, it, it's about how they react next week. Now, um, yeah, I, I like that from a manager. I like the way he just mm. right, yeah, okay, that game's done. 
It's I think it's important to get week. that win out of the way. You're not yeah. chasing oh, it. it you know what I mean, yeah. I think it's really important. Yeah. Massive. You know? Massive. It couldn't have gone any better for him. No. Um, speaking of uh, managers, and we'll go to a polar opposite, it could not have went any worse for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Watford 4, <laughs> Manchester United 1. I think it's quite poetic as well that Donny van de Beek was the, the player that's going to mm. score the last goal under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's tenure. <laughs> a bit of poetic justice there. I thought he was doing um, a <laughs> oh yeah, the job. Um, obviously, they they uh, they did a they, they, they did all the press and stuff like that. And obviously, he's a, he's got a lot of friends in the media, and uh, they're all sort of defending the job he's done. What do you think of the job he's done, Paul? Oh Jesus! It's like it just says it all that we're all devastated that he's left. Like every fan <laughs> of their rivals is so sad that he's gone, and then it just it's a complete mockery of like pundits in general it just shows how how stupid the whole thing is where you have people like neville especially neville yeah just refusing to say that he should be not sacked like they need a new manager and like i get their argument that they've gone through managers before and it hasn't worked and blah 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 but that doesn't mean you don't need to change the manager and even ferdinand today he i saw a quote i saw him on his instagram and he's like if the orchestra is not working you don't change the conductor like or what is he on about? Like, what does this man know about orchestra? <laughs> like, he's just an idiot. <laughs> That's the point. Anyway, um, yeah, it's a sad day for every other football fan. Um, he's done a he's done a fine job. He's settled the ship, I guess. And um, yeah, it's all gone wrong, I guess, this season. And he needed to be sacked a few games ago, and now it's time. But it's been time for a few seasons, I think. He's just he turned the ship around a few times and couldn't do it anymore. Do you know what? I'm going to place my tinfoil hat on for a little second. I think United actually have a, an okay season if they don't sign Cristiano Ronaldo. I think the plan kind of largely goes out the window. I mean, there was the emergence of Mason Greenwood that walking through the middle. That was all going to be nice. And, and Sancho would, was going to you know find a, a home out in that right-hand side and Rashford on the left and Bruno Fernandes sitting behind that. And it was all going to come together, wasn't it? But it never seemed to work out that way because obviously Mason Greenwood had to go out on the right hand side and even though he was largely being, you know, put in a place of you're going to be a centre forward rather than like a like a, a wide striker or a or a, or a winger. Um I just I think it was last minute business and it was bad business altogether. You know? Um But you know that's in spite of all that, I don't think this was ever going to be a happy ending for, for all kind of social. I think if he's going to win a trophy, but would have probably been last season in that final, getting beat by a less, lesser opposition in the final. It's, it's just one of those things. I just, I never seen, I never seen it happening ever. Like I just didn't think it was. I don't think he just had the pedigree to be like. I mean, if you look at a Conte right now, right, there's just over in Spurs, and right, granted, it's it's early days there, but Regulon is is interviewed before the match, and he says. It's the worst week I've ever had in my life on a training ground. And that's what it should be like. But all you can't demand that of Cristiano Ronaldo when you're like mm. a manager that's won a competition to be in that place, you know? You're just gonna tell you to fuck off, you're gonna be like, right, we're gonna spread today. He's just gonna be like, Yeah, yeah, are we? <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> Uh Billy Boy. Um give us your thoughts. What do you think of uh, of the sacking? Um, it had to come, but I do also completely agree with you. I think the signing of Ronaldo really scuppered them. Although it's Cristiano Ronaldo, you mentioned there, you, you know, you got Greenwood, you just spent 20, 75 million on um, Sancho. 
Rashford, as you mentioned as well, just coming back from injury. And all of a sudden, you've got this... You've got Cristiano Ronaldo in your team. And like you say, he's just not going to do do the hard yards. He, he's already done them in his career and everyone knows what, what an incredible career he's had. So why, why would you tell someone of Cristiano Ronaldo's stature to do the running in of an afternoon or something like that? You know, I think... If it was a Greenwood, if it was a Sancho, if it's a Rashford, they're all going to work. They do Ollie's style of football, which is pressing. They they will all do it. Cristiano Ronaldo won't. And I think it was going to be the season that they would they would transfer from like a counter attacking side to a pressing side because you see that's what you try yeah. to implement. That's what you try to implement it like uh, that's what against they Liverpool. It <laughs> just made it the easiest game, the easiest ninety minutes Liverpool have for a long time. Um, That's what obviously. they did in the first few weeks of the season when Ronaldo wasn't there. You could see that they were pressing and trying to play that pressing football, and they were they were doing well at times. But then you've got the the striker Ronaldo comes in, the strikers then not doing his part, and you've got the wingers trying to make up for that, and it it all goes to pot. Um, but yeah, getting back to the question about the sacking, it was it's been time for many many months now, and it, it should have been over the second Liverpool fans started chanting "Ollies at the wheel" <laughs> and the stadium. Just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, when <laughs> when when rival fans are chanting "Ollies at the wheel." That that should have been the moment there that, that they finished that game and they say, look, you've just lost 5-0 to Liverpool. This can't continue anymore. And for me, that's when they should have got rid of him. They decided to stick with him for another few weeks and they've just been turned over 4-1 by Watford. Absolutely. Craig, are you sad to see, you sad to see the man go? I knew it was going to happen two weeks before they play Arsenal. They're going to get a new manager, aren't they? And they're going to have a manager found. <laughs> yeah. Typical. It everyone might be Michael Carrick them. if you're lucky. <laughs> everyone has spanked them, and then when it gets to our turn, they, they're going to have bounce. a new manager bounce. But no, um, agree, with, agree with what everyone said. He had to go, didn't he? He had to go after the Liverpool game for me. Um, I can't believe they can't believe they hung on to him um, for, for, for that long after afterwards. But do you know what? It might be a blessing in disguise for some of those players. It might be a blessing in disguise for players like Van der Beek, Sancho, um, Greenwood, you know, Rashford. All these young players that are, are sitting on their bench watching seasons professionals do absolutely nothing. Um, I mean, a mad stat I read today. It's been two months since Bruno Fernandes has had a shot on target. Two months! And that's including the penalty as well. That is unbelievable. He is a, a fine, fine player um, who, in my opinion, is not being utilised correctly. Um, you, the, the Ronaldo thing, James, you're spot on. Absolutely spot on. That was a big commercial thing. I feel thing. like they had a Get plan, Ronaldo you know. In. Well, so £100 million yeah. pounds worth of shirts. Well, you know, so it's, they were panicked into it, weren't they? With yeah, because yeah, they didn't want, so they didn't want Manchester City to get him, did they? Do you know? And they'd done the same thing with Alexis Sanchez, if you think back. They rushed him in, yeah, we and then after two weeks, Sanchez is asking to go back to Arsenal. So, what is what happened? What is happening at Manchester United? One big thing for me though is I think that Sir Alex Ferguson, although we don't see it, I think he has still got too much of a say of what's going on. 
I kind of feel um, like that, that as well. He was the one yeah. that ushered this this deal over the line, you know. Absolutely. Um, I mean, we, we, you know, we're going. We, you know, whether you believe what you read on Twitter, there's reports coming out that Sir Alex, Sir Alex Ferguson wants wants not yeah. Sir Alex Ferguson thinks. You know, yeah. all in the word, and if you can read between the lines, is it? You know, is is Alex Ferguson having? Um, you know, still having a big say at, at Manchester United about what's happening on the pitch. It's but I think it's very unfair that we're not talking the about what's Sir Alex just wandering the, the offices and stuff like that. I mean, it's yeah. like, I mean, it must be like if you're a new manager coming in there and you've got like Sir Alex in the stands watching you well, shake his head going, oh, oh this isn't good there. enough. I don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, imagine being David Moyes and you've got Alex, you know, you're, you're coming in after Alex Ferguson. Imagine David Moyes walking into that dressing room with all those egos. At I mean, the time, it yeah. Been, it was, it been, was never going to be. Never, it was never going to be. Terrible. Must have been terrible, been. but um, I think it's very unfair. We're not talking about Watford. I thought they were magnificent, as bad as Manchester United were. They, were. they hustled, they bustled, they pressed, they didn't stop for ninety minutes and got their, you know, and got their rewards. Um, their strikers were phenomenal. Their, you know, their attacking players were phenomenal. Um, you, you know, I was watching the highlights. I was thinking it's, it's getting a bit of a thing now. I come home from work at about eleven. I have a beer and I try not to see the results. You know, but. Um, mm-hmm. Every time Watford went forward, they looked like they were going to score. I mean, it could Josh have been King will be loving it. Seven. Yeah, the ex-Man United know, they, man. <laughs> it, it really, it really was that bad. They bullied them, you know, and and, and they they were first to everything. And Watford were Watford were very good for their four-one win. I think. Yeah, I think if they're going to make a make a, a an attempt to stay up this season, which they obviously are, because they got Claudio Ranieri, and who I think is a, a really really solid manager and a good appointment. Mm. Uh, and when you look at them putting a shift like that, you know, even though it is against a sort of beaten down side that is just not playing at all, I think you've, you've still, you can only play what's in front of you. And I've seen that as an opportunity to get yeah. points. They've went out and exactly. done it. Um, exactly. I think Sissoko in midfield is, I've not seen him had a bad, bad game this oh, season. He's, a tank. At all. he's been he's, an absolute uh, tank for them. Yeah. He's, he's a good, he's a good midfielder. Um, Dennis, who got two assists and a goal, he played very mm-hmm. well. Uh, and then young, the young Brazilian Jao Pedro. Uh, came yeah. on and, and buried. I like Saar as well. I do. I I really like Saar. I think he's a. I think he's a fantastic player. And yeah, I don't think it'll be long. Oh, I get it. Penalties are. No, <laughs> no, no. But, um, I, 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 I don't think it'll be long before someone comes in for him. Um, to be honest, you know, mm. uh, of a of a higher pedigree. Um, I think he could. I, I really like him. The lad uh, Josh King's coming into form as well, isn't he? You know, I mean. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we, we spoke about performance of the week uh, a couple of weeks ago when they went up to Everton and beat uh, and come away with the result. Um, again, for me, again, although they were playing, although they were playing a poor Manchester United side, the performance was, was incredible for them. I thought, I thought it was great. Mm, definitely. Um, let's come next to, to the, uh, to Spurs, if we will, Craig. Um, who had a, a, an extremely, extremely poor first half. Uh, against Leeds. Um, young Dan James getting on his horse seat. I think the assist from Jack Harrison was absolutely superb. Um, the way he left um, Emerson, I think was it was Emerson Royal or Christian Romero. I think he left on it. Well, he left a player in his arse and just whipped in a ball. It was absolute perfection. And then Tottenham came out and started playing. Um, but do, what, do you see, do you see, um, I mean, how many of these Spurs players can you see staying in this Conte era, Paul? Um, that's a good question, actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I reckon I reckon a few of them. I'd say like whoever is willing to put in the work for the rest of the season, he'll keep. And then I'd say like yeah, definitely he'll keep the se- leave it for the season because there's no denying they have a good squad and they have quality. 
especially up mm. front with Kane and Son. But it's just a case of getting the players into his system and getting them fit enough to run. And I, I can't see him getting rid of many of the players. I'd say I think they've got a like a good starting eleven and a decent squad. Um, and I'd say the halftime team talk yesterday was just outrageous. I'd say he just absolutely went mental at them. I was like, yeah, I'd say tore them to pieces. Uh, I'd put my, and, I'd put my uh, house on it that he, that he tore them to pieces in that dressing room. Yeah, and then yeah, they, then they did they did well for the in the second half. I think their goals were kind of fortunate, but. Um, you can see how much it meant to Conte. Like his celebrations at the end were just vintage Conte. And when you see that, you're just like, like if he, I don't know, I guess it was kind of the same with Mourinho. They were going in the right direction. And it all went wrong. And like that, you never know. It could happen with Conte, but it just seems like he's a born winner. Like, and he'll just do anything to win. And he can get this team fit enough and fighting. And then, then they have Kane and Son up front. And like when you have two strikers who can score goals, your team can go a lot further than um, still a lot of the like Champions League show, finalists and that side, isn't all the other squad yeah, that got exactly. into the Champions yeah. League final and that squad. So I think it's it's good enough to do that. I would say though, yeah. I just feel like it's not going to happen at Spurs for Dele Alley. I feel like if it was going to happen, it probably would have happened by now. And I just don't see him as a Conte type player either. Um, but more than that, and a little bit, Craig, the noisy neighbours. I've got another. Big time manager, and they had Nuno in there for five minutes. And that didn't last long. Uh, and I've got another. My um... Mark my words, they will destroy Conte. <laughs> this will be this this will be Conte's toughest job yet. Um, we 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 see it all the time. You know, I mean, it's easy for me. You know, it's easy. You know, the the noise that comes from that part of London. You know, that up the road. Oh, you know, we're Champions League finalists. Let's have it right. You got to the Champions League. Day. I don't know how you got to the Champions League final that year. To be honest, um, you got there. Well, yeah, you got there. Well done. But every football fan sits back and go, "How did they get to that final?" But um, when they come to the Emirates, they just—it was just the Spurs that I've, I've 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 kind of grown up with. They didn't fight. They weren't bothered. North London derby got on the pitch. Game was lost before we even kicked a ball. Um, Kane didn't look interested. A lot of players, you know, didn't look interested. And Kane, for me, still doesn't look interested. Um, I don't think that these players realise, I think what Paul said, um, going on what Paul said, I don't think they realise what they're in for. And when you say about players, who will he keep? He will weed out the weaklings very, very, very quickly. Very quickly. And, you know, you you mentioned one there now, Deli Alley. Um, Deli Alley, never going to make it at Spurs. He might as well go back to Milton Keynes Dons. Um, and, and and get his game there. I hear in the paper that he wants to he wants to replace Hugo Lloris with Jordan Pickford. Great, bring him. <laughs> in. I, I, I drive him there. I'll, I, I'll fly to the Merseyside and drive him down for you. Um, that's the kind of players he wants to bring in. Then yeah, great. Antonio Conte for Spurs. Um, I mean, but, uh, look, I I, <laughs> I know Tottenham Hotspur. Um, you know, like like the back of my hand. And I can guarantee you, like Paul said, there was a great bounce when Mourinho came. They were going to stadiums around the country and they were beating and they were putting up good performances. But when it, you know, when it came down to it, when Mourinho probably stuck it on them, they weren't interested. They weren't interested. Drop the ball, drop the tools, and he's gone. Um, the same will happen here again. I... I, I, I I put my I put my ass on it. The, the same thing will happen again. I think, They're just serial bottle jobs. 
um, that can't, you know, that, that can't seem to get going. They've got a beautiful new stadium. I've got to give them that. You know, they've got a beautiful new stadium there. Got some of the best facilities in the country, but just haven't got the players on the pitch for me um, to, to warrant it. Other than Son, other than Kane, when he wants to play, you know, I mean, they're all all the top. Kane's that. back. Kane's back after he scores five goals um, against the load of leisure centre attendance. So, <laughs> is he is he going to do it again in the Premier League? Remains to be seen. I could be very, very wrong because I have massive respect for Conte. Um, I think he's a, a, a superb manager. One who I'd love to have seen come to the Arsenal. Um, without doubt, I would have taken your hand off if someone you know, said that he, he wanted a job at Arsenal. But I just feel Spurs being Spurs, you know, it will always finish. Hashtag Spursy. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what? I'm Kena. I'm I Kena almost say, in that camp. Sorry, just on the point about Mourinho. The only difference, I think, with Mourinho and Conte is like they're huge managers, obviously, but just the Sheen had kind of gone off Mourinho and whatever mm. no everyone thought yeah. about him. Good Whereas Conte is still very much kind of at the top of his game. But yeah, like he said, it's probably true. <laughs> it will combust eventually. Well, I kind of always put it on like so when, when, when Spurs appointed Jose, I, I had it in my head that the Spurs were going to win a trophy of, of sorts. I thought it might be like a, a League Cup or a Europa League or something like that, they would they would win under under Jose because he just he's never failed at a club, Jose Mourinho. He's never failed. The only time he's ever failed is because he's taught him his time at Tottenham. So if Conte goes there, then, but even well, then though they they sacked him the week of a final. They didn't even give him the chance to win them <laughs> to win them a cup. You're talking I mean, about a team, right? You're talking about a team now owned by a man who didn't let um, Poch say goodbye to that squad. That's a man. That's, that's what you're dealing with. Poch had to write on the tactics board in the changing room a goodbye note because Daniel Levy said, get out, Michael, go on, go. Mm. Can you imagine doing that to a manager that got you to a Champions League final? Can... <laughs> and can I took them from a, from a place that wasn't very renowned and then, they, they, you know, they, they, they Champions League football for a good few years Tottenham owe everything to what they are now to that man. Hmm. Absolutely, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. And then you, the way you can dis- dismiss a man like that and not even let him say goodbye to his players, that's what you're up against. And I don't think Conte, Paul said it, I've said it, You know, we all know how fiery he is and how passionate he is. Is Conte going to put up with that? That no. kind of stuff going on? No, I mean, you like, if, if, I think Conte would kick in his door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. I, I really do genuinely believe that. There's that, there's that sort of famous... Um, uh, Conte interview when he went to Chelsea um, and he, he was talking I think the interviewer asked him something what, what if a player doesn't work hard and he's like well I'd prefer to kill them than, than, than let them not work hard you know <laughs> and that's the kind of and the, there is no hiding from like a man from a man like that there is just Josie I think they're, they're similar coaches in terms of I think they've had extremely um, fast rising careers um, Josie did obviously, and he was you know the special one, and and had you know terrific success for a long, long time. And Conte's very much in a sort of you know he's he's five championships in seven last seven seasons. He's done the business more often than not, with not always the best resources. You know, quite a lot of resources, but not always the tippy top of the league, whatever he was in. Um, but he just he just loves it. You know, he just he just loves it. I just don't think there's any hiding from a man like that, and. If there is going to be a if he, I just think if he doesn't get the job done at Spurs, I just don't think there's a manager on the planet that can. Well, there you go. Yeah, you know, they, 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 I, well, I'd say the same about under Pops. the same un, under the same infrastructure. I mean, under the same sort of levy and infrastructure as, yeah. well, as well. I yeah. mean, 
You know, I'm with you on that. I mean, it's the same with Poch. If they they didn't win nothing under Poch, then <laughs> are you gonna are you gonna win something? Well, I mean, Conte, like we, I, I think we can all agree, we can all have massive respect for him. Like you know, I've got massive respect for him, even though he's manager of um, you know our, our our closest neighbor and fierce rivals. But that doesn't mean that I can't have respect for him. But I, just from what I know of Tottenham. Um, of of being closely affiliated with Tottenham all my life growing up because of because of Arsenal, it'll only end up one way. Mm. We shall see. We shall see. Uh, let's go to another London team. Um, they took on Leicester at home in the King Power. Um, the 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 bad times keep on lo- rolling for for Leicester. I mean, it's I just don't know. I, I don't know if they're going to get that that touted sort of European football that they're always expecting. Um, you know because. I think it's a more competitive league than it has been in the previous seasons that they've achieved that. And they've always done it from starting extremely well in the league and then having a wee bit of a fall off. And obviously we're going to come in come into December, January, and this is in the sort of February, March is when you see Leicester really have their, um, their, their, their lackadaisical performances where they, kind of, they, they start to drop off. Um, but on, on a Chelsea note, man, they're just... The way they move the ball. They're insane. The way they move the ball. Billy... Tell us about that Chelsea side. They're just incredible, and it, it's gotten to the point now um, that it that you expect uh, if it's not against Liverpool, Man City, and this goes for Liverpool and Man City as well. You expect whoever they come up against, they're going to take all three points against, and it's a shock if they don't. It's the same with Liverpool as well. If it's Man City or Chelsea, they're going to get three points, and it's a shock if they don't. Um, but yeah, they just. We're seven minutes in, and I remember putting on the Screamers group chat. It's it was just such an incredible game to watch. Just seven minutes in already, that like you say, they just pass the ball about, and the football they play is just so entertaining to watch at times. It can be boring sometimes when they're just passing it about the back and stuff like that. But this, the way that Thomas Tuchel's got this side playing is just immense, and. Reese James <laughs> and Ben Chilwell. Insane. It, yeah, that's the only word to describe them. They just are absolutely insane. It's just inc- how can a left back and a right back play as well as they are? You know, you can add Trent into that as well. They're just incredible players and the epitome of what a modern day fullback is, aren't they? They're just incredible players. It's 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 insane. The way the um the way they just overload. So these, I mean, they are fullbacks and in the same way. Like, they're, just, they're just not. I mean, I've I seen Ben Chelwa running through the middle. They're attackers, center, aren't they? Yeah. Forward yeah. position. I've seen Rich Rich James. <laughs> you know, I, I, it's like, I mean, that, that fullbacks with, and, and sort of quotations. I mean, but the way they, they, they're very much like wingers. And I think that that's totally facilitated by N'Golo Kante and Jorginho. I just think they are the two informed midfielders in the world right now. When they play together, I just don't think there's a midfield that can match them. Even even a midfield three that can match those two midfielders when they're on it. They are just in goal, can't they? The running that he can do match with the passing that Jorginho can do. I think it's just the it's it's like you know it's 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 toffee and banana. It's it's and then you it's peanut about- butter and chocolate. It's just <laughs> it goes. It just goes. You know, <laughs> it just works. <laughs> yeah, you give us your thoughts the again. Oh, sorry. You just oh, talk about the centre-backs as well and their passing ability as well. Thiago Silva, that ball over the top to Chilwell, I think he was in the first half as well. It, it It's just incredible. Carry on. <laughs> he, could, he could have another two seasons playing football, Thiago Silva Easily. on this side. Easily. You know? um, and I think that's because it's in a back three. 
He doesn't need to particularly run all right. It's not just about, you know, there's not an attacker constantly playing on the shoulder of Thiago Silva um, because the way they're set up is very much a lot of the work's done by Rudiger and, and Chalaba, who's a free signing essentially from the academy, turns out to be, you know, a really capable defender on that back line. Um, Paul, give, give us your thoughts on the match. Um, yeah, we grew up Billy. Like Chelsea were dominant from the start. Um, you could see what Leicester's game plan was and they got Vardy away in the first half. And that was kind of the one time it happened and he just crossed. And it was a decent chance, except it was cleared, I think, cut out. Mm. But other than that, they didn't look they didn't look dangerous at all, really. Um, Leicester's defence looked pretty shaky. They're, they've obviously had Fafana out for the season so far. And then they had Vestergaard in and out. And they just don't seem to have a right. It's like, I read somewhere, it's kind of like Rogers' time at Liverpool towards the end. Just pretty woeful in defence. Or, sorry, mm. even when they were going for the league. They were always shaky at the back, and yeah, it seems to he hasn't got got it quite right this season. Um, and they're missing Tielemans, which obviously is huge for like just transformation from defense to attack for them, especially when you're looking for like the quick pass over the top. And yeah, it just didn't really work. And I think he made two subs at halftime. Took off Harvey Barnes, did he? And the other winger maybe. Um, but yeah, like it's the same with like Liverpool against Arsenal. It's it's just a loss to Chelsea who are the informed team. Like I wouldn't read too much into the into the scoreline. It's kind of the other games where you're gonna be worried if you're a Leicester fan and you're not picking up points. But yeah, I keep saying Chelsea are like they're gonna have a bad run of form, but at the moment it's plain sailing for them. They're like dealing with most games minimal of fuss. Like I just still remember the Liverpool game at the start of the season when it was one all and they had ten men for that game and it didn't didn't really know how to defend. They knew how to defend as if they they had all eleven. Right. They're just so well drilled at the moment. Um, and the thing is, like, they don't even have a striker who scores goals yet. Like, Chilwell and yeah. James are providing most of the attacking threat. Um, I mean, see what they bring off. Like, they bring on, you know, a Zayech and a, and a Pulisic. Yeah. Those yeah. are like two insane yeah. fucking level midfield. Like, they, those get in any team. Zayech's passing ability is, is insane. Pulisic's pace. You know these these are top level players that are coming off the bench, and that's that they they are the difference makers. When you can bring when you can bring players on like that, and you know Liverpool can't match that that depth. Um, I mean, Man City can, but in a way that you, you I just that if, if a team comes ahead of Chelsea this season, I, I really do think that they'll win the league. Any team that comes ahead of Chelsea will win the league this season. I, I'm sort of firmly of that opinion. Uh, Got to come at you, Craig, to finish up. Uh, just. Give us your thoughts in Chelsea and the, the sort well, of like transformation yeah, that's, that's yeah. happened in the Tuchel era. I mean, we talked about manager bounces earlier on this evening, but when you when you have a manager bounce, you want that manager bounce to be like Thomas Tuchel's manager bounce because <laughs> they so get it. Every single player, and and he he got it into them so quickly. I've never seen a team. I don't think I've ever seen a team just transform overnight. When a, when a new manager's coming, it's normally taken two, three games before you can start to see mm. what the new manager wants to do. But this was just like straight away, overnight. They had 62% of the ball. I mean, you can't give Chelsea 62% of the ball at home because they're going to do what they've done. Um, it, it, what they've done to what they've done to Leicester. I was reading through the ratings, the Leicester ratings. I mean, I don't think I think I read f- three sets of ratings from three different websites, and not one gave a Leicester player. A rating of over five. Um, no, I mean, they were that bad. They were that bad. The thing about like what Billy says about you know, and what Paul said about Chilwell and 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 Reece James is that Chelsea are as good off the ball as they are on the yeah. ball. And when them two are going forward, you can see the people just filling in 
around because they know that once they've gone past the halfway line, mm. they've got complete trust that they're going to make something happen. Um, you've got Kante, like you said, mate, you've got Kante in there, one of the best midfielders in the world for sure. Um, phenomenal footballer in Jorginho. I mean, Hudson Adoy, even I thought played really well. You know, this was another player that was being frozen out by Lampard. When I go back to say about, you know, when I go back to say about for Sancho and Van der Beek and and Greenwood, could that be a blessing in disguise? It was a blessing in disguise for some of those Chelsea players. You named the young fella there as well, uh, the young defender. When you've got a manager that believes in you that much, it's very easy to play football for him. Very, very easy. Mm-hmm. And 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 the thing about Chelsea is they make the game look so easy. I think it was Jed said three or four weeks ago that his pick to win the league was Chelsea and I disagreed. I'm f- firmly in Jed's corner now. I can't see anyone knocking Chelsea off the perch at the moment. They are streets above. I, there's, there's only two... I think there's only... If there's going to be one team that will stop them from doing anything, it will be Liverpool. And the only reason I pick Liverpool is because Tuchel and Klopp have done the same things at Liverpool. Klopp transformed... Um, Liverpool into what they are now and they all get it and they all play for him and you, you can see him on the sideline you can see how he is with his players and you can see that in Tuchel as well so I think it will be a two-horse race between Chelsea and Liverpool I think Chelsea will win it it hurts me to say that obviously being a, a London team supporter but um, I mean they could I mean they had three goals disallowed didn't they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pulisic had two two ruled out himself yeah, yeah, no, I mean the time they runs a bit more it could have been 6 7 nil. Do you know what I mean? So they're, they're a phenomenal, phenomenal outfit. And um, they're a great side. And like Billy said, I actually, I shouldn't really be saying this um, really just in case any of my mates hear it, but I I, I like watching them. They're a good watch, like watch, mate. I mean, everybody can see I'm a Liverpool yeah. fan. I don't mess with Chelsea yeah. again. It was Liverpool for the last three or four years. My brother-in-law's a Liverpool fan. He used to come up here and watch, you know, he comes up here and watches most Liverpool games if they're on the telly. Um, and I used to enjoy watching Liverpool because they play football how it's supposed to be played. There's no messing about. Football's such an easy game. And when you come up against a team like Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester City, who can play football so simply but yet so effectively, you ain't got a chance. You haven't got a chance. Absolutely. Right, I think that's a great uh, note to finish on there, boys. Um, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, it's good to be back podcasting again. It was uh, nice to have a wee week off, but I, was, I really enjoyed that, lads. Thanks very much for joining me. Pleasure as always, mate. Cheers, Simon. Up, go, Southgate. <laughs> uh, thanks very much to our listeners. Uh, we shall see you later in a week. Cheerio, bye. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details